You're listening to BizCraft, a live podcast about the business of web design with Carl the Jellyfish King Smith and Mean Gene Crawford. great man that's awesome so what the last two weeks I, i've barely talked to you it, it's it's kind of rare that we don't talk more often what's been going on planning for this planning for christmas um just stuff man heads down planning for converge yeah how about you you've been busy you you, you are are you closed yet or are you closing soon no we close uh next wednesday is the last official day of the year for engine works and then we'll okay. come back on the second so roughly two weeks okay yeah, that, that's been a tradition from the beginning. And I know a lot of shops that start that way, and then they move to the, the week between Christmas and New Year's. But I'll be honest, I need those two weeks, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I need to recover. For and what? I, I thought you said you don't do anything. Well, no, now that I deal with you all the time, uh, it's just stressful, Gene. Here you go. Let's see if the mic can pick this up. <laughs> Did it get that? You couldn't hear that. You did it What's good last time. You, you cracked a bottle, and it was just perfect. I, I wish I would have recorded uh, Did you just open yours? Yeah, but it was kind of quiet. Well, I'm midway through this one, so I'll open another one in a minute and awesome. show you how to do it. Yes, teach me. Well, <laughs> you, you had, since we're talking about closing up shop for the year and all that stuff, Yeah. Um, you, had, you had said you wanted to talk a little bit before we pull in Dan Mall, who's up next. Yeah. And uh, you want to talk about some things you're working on for the end of the year here. So what do you got, man? Well, right now, and and – you know, it's interesting because you and I have these conversations, and uh, I love it when we have them for the first time on BizCraft because it, it it just helps me out so much, and it keeps me really thinking about what I'm saying because I know that somebody else is listening, right? <laughs> uh, but right now, going into 2013, uh, I've been reviewing salaries and trying to figure out – and compensation, not just salaries, but, you know, the right. whole package right. – uh, and trying to figure out. What do we do going forward? Because we had a really good year. Um, you know, the things we could have done better. Mm -hmm. uh, know who the team is going into 2013. And, you know, I, I read Drive by Daniel Pink. I think a lot of people read that book this year. And one of the things that Daniel talks about is intrinsic needs versus extrinsic needs for motivation. I'm not, and, I'm not so smart. What does that mean? Well, basically on intrinsic, it means that you have a baseline where everything is fair. You can't have a great culture of somebody sitting there feeling they're getting ripped off every day. Oh. So the intrinsic part is just making sure everybody feels that, you know, they're being compensated fairly, their uh, work hours are correct, you know, all of that sort of stuff. Okay. Extrinsic is the, the culture, the environment, the ability for us, you know, be the ability to choose the work you're doing, to uh, be able to continuously learn and express that in the work that you do. You know, in extrinsic, it's much more about allowing you to grow and live your life. Intrinsic is much more, and this is my take on it, intrinsic is much more about making sure that you feel you're being respected, mm -hmm. that you're not taken advantage of. So, gotcha. but, but going into 2013, it was one of those situations where, you know, I was like, well, extrinsic seems to be going really well, but I need to take a look at the intrinsic. I need to make sure that everybody is being treated fairly. And one of the things I did was uh, I did a salary survey. 
I looked at uh, sources like AIGA and the Creative Group and Glassdoor and all these other things that are out there. And, and I also talked with some shops that I know. And uh, it's interesting to find out that at what we thought, you know, 20 to 25 hours a week, some people getting closer to 30, we were right in the mix for people who were working 40 hours a week. So that felt really good. Hmm, okay. It's going well. But um, I, I guess what I wanted to talk to you about was, like, how did you make those decisions on what you were going to set? Because for me, we aren't skill sets. We're people, right? Yep. And, and some people may do the exact same thing as somebody else, but they do it in a different way. Or they're better at managing a client. Or they're always innovating. And so you can't really have just this formula. Right. There's, there's a gut feel about it. And I was just wondering, I mean, now I know that it's smaller now, but when you were growing and you were looking at that, how did you make a decision on what you were going to compensate somebody with? You know, um, honestly, what was that? Oh, geez, like three years ago, maybe. Uh, it was really just gut, you know, yeah. which makes it tough, right? Because you can't, there's no way to actually sit down and have a conversation with somebody about your gut feelings about them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, well, you're kind of awesome, so I'm going to try to take you X, or I don't want to talk to you today, so you're going to get paid X. Honestly, might want to be putting biscuits in a box. I'm just <laughs> no, you know, yeah, it's it was a, it's a difficult one. I mean, what we're doing now, yeah, you mentioned we're smaller. Um, what we're doing now is pretty much uh, all three of us make exactly the same. Yeah. And uh, just if we make more money, which we haven't because we're, you know, trying some different stuff, so we're kind of set right now. We will be for you know, a good eight to 12 months or so, but, um, we all make exactly the same. So, um, that's what we're doing. And as we make more money, we'll all get paid more. Um, uh, but it's an interesting point of what happens if you bring in a fourth person, mm-hmm. how do you sort of rank them? Well, and, and when you're in that equal mode, which we did when we started engine works and then you bring in that new person, well, they haven't been there as long as you have, mm-hmm creating this environment so do they get equality right out of the gate yeah is is that is that fair to the other people who've been there from the beginning well what are you doing well you know it's interesting and i was real happy when we did this analysis because honestly i hadn't looked across the company to see if things were fair um i basically ask everybody that comes on to the team two questions you know what do you want to do and what do you need and if those two things feel like things that engineworks needs and something that engineworks can afford then you know we have a love connection. <laughs> Not I never negotiate. Um, the one thing I will do is if somebody asks for too little, I'll often bump them up from what they asked originally, just because I don't want them getting in there and then feeling like, you know, I, I'm not appreciated or or I don't you know I don't want them undervaluing themselves. I want them to know. If somebody asks for more than we can do, I just tell them you know I have no doubt that you're worth that. It's just not it, possible team i don't you know and i'm conservative when it comes to I mean, i'm very liberal obviously when it comes to running a company but when it comes to spending the money i worry about spending that money that belongs to the team in ways that could threaten the team and so so what i'm doing right now is uh you know initially i i went into harvest i was trying to see the number of hours this kind of stuff but, but then the team quickly let me know that uh you know those unbillable hours they're tracked you know hit or miss mm-hmm. Everybody's keeping up with that, so it was hard to pay attention. So now I've actually asked everybody, you know, how many hours are you working a week this year? How many hours do you want to work a week next year, billable and unbillable, just the whole the whole thing? Yeah, what are you doing? Yeah, want to lead teams? Uh, do you want benefits? 
You know, I mean, some some people that have them don't really care that much. They'd rather do it on their own. Some people that don't really do. Because we all change. Our life yeah. changes and we, we have new things. But but the interesting thing, I, I think, and what I wanted to say out loud in front of you and in front of the BizCraft audience is, uh, you know, so many people or so many companies try to force every employee into a one-size-fits-all package. Yeah. And it's just, it just doesn't feel fair. And so what, what I'm trying to do is create uh, the legal relationship of how the individual works with the company around their desired relationship of how they want to be compensated. So it's, it's going to be more work, but I'm just excited about it. I want to see how it turns out. Um, but the big thing is making sure that things are fair across the board. Because I was in a company where I came in later than other people. And I was compensated much more highly, right? And what happens is when you start a company, you're nervous and you have the people that trust you at the beginning and they don't get paid as much. Mm. But then you start to make money and there's somebody new that's shiny. And you're like, wow, I really want that person to work here. And when they come in and ask for something, you want to be a real company or you feel like, well, we have the money and it's a good investment. And you totally neglect the people that have been there from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I call it old growth and new growth. And, and you end up with this stress and this tension. And, uh, and so anyway, it's, it's just one of those things that I lived through, new growth in the old company and, and realizing how resentful people were. And I had no idea, right? And, and I was really happy to see that we hadn't done that. Um, and by we, I mean myself, right? <laughs> right. Done that. And, um, you know, so it, it, it's just kind of a weird thing. And... Um, I don't have anybody to talk to with it necessarily. Right. Yeah, it's not something you just kind of yeah. talk to random people. So, hmm. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so that's it. And it's, uh, it's just an interesting thing. And if anybody out there listening has any thoughts around determining salaries, determining compensation, um, I would love to hear about it. I mean, we, hit me up on Twitter because I, I'm, I'm really in the middle of it right now. And I've got a good baseline. Um, so, yeah. Well, I was going to say you're doing a bunch of research, right? I mean, you're talking to a bunch of labor departments. Yeah. and how, I mean, how's that going uncovering that info? I, it was really fun, actually. Um, the, the one thing I know for sure is the Department of Labor does not have a fucking clue. Oof. Um, they don't think there's been a web designer who's made over $32,000 a year ever. Uh, so so wow. you guys, I don't know how you're reporting your income. I don't know if you're getting paid in cash. <laughs> you're doing a great job. The Department of Labor is totally confused. <laughs> I can't. That's not a bad thing, though. I'm, I'm I, kidding. I'm kidding. I know. Uh, on the flip side of that, uh, like the creative group, those guys, they're run by recruiters. Recruiters make their money based on how much money they get for their client. Right. right? So their numbers are so through the roof. Yeah. But into it, what I found was um, they will focus a lot more on the skill sets at big client side, like Microsoft or Amazon or Google. And so they'll, you know, it skews higher than if you're in a shop. Shops are never going to be able to pay, um, or, or maybe they could, but, but shops don't pay as well as, you know, some of those huge monolithic corporations. And so I think that's the other thing. It would be For me, I wanted to see a fair assessment. And by talking to some other shops, I was able to get to that fair assessment. And, and really, the, the bottom range didn't change that much. The average didn't change that much. It was just that concept that 
you know, you could make $148,000 a year in your fifth year as a UX designer. <laughs> but, um, yeah, may or may not be inflating that number for dramatic effect, but yeah, I was going to call you on that. What, up? Did you get to talk to any of your, your friends at shop talk conference? About this, about the salary stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit. Um, you know, there's only so much I can and can't say because I had to take a, an oath. Right, and I'm not interested more in, like, what you can and can't say as much as, like, were people, as you talk to people, did you find they're as open about that as they are about, like, HTML frameworks? Or are they just like, why are you asking me this question? I mean, they were definitely open. Um, you know, you have to realize EngineWorks is the oddball in a group like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, some amazingly successful companies in the room that are doing a more traditional model, even though they're being innovative, it's the framework is still very traditional. And uh, I mean, they were interested. You know, the, the one thing they did tell me was, you know, I mean, read up on what Steve Jobs did at Next when he first started because he almost destroyed the company. What did he do? He, I mean, basically, they had complete salary transparency. And, uh, and the way that they said it was he basically, you know, would, would tell three people exactly what the other people made and then would throw a knife in the middle of them and see who came out alive. <laughs> nice. It's really that bad because everybody's pretty much compensated the same. I mean, I, you know, I sat down and looked at it. I felt really good about it. Uh, you know, there's little differences based on how long you've been there or if you're leading a team versus if you're just more of a role player, you know, things where you can make more, uh, for example, everybody gets a, you know, a, um, commission if they bring work in. So, so they're little things like that. But I, I was really happy to see that uh, when I dug into it, that everybody was being treated fairly, because I think we forget about that as business owners. I think we worry about the culture and the things we can see, but we forget sometimes about the, the baseline. Yeah. Well, there's a, there's a question in the chat room, or not really a question, a statement, but it's, it's interesting. Uh, it's from Josh underscore AM. Um, he's saying, uh, it's interesting hearing about the other side of compensation. As a developer, I'm still trying to figure out how much I'm worth, what's realistic considering my duties, et cetera, you know? So, I mean, what are you doing? I mean, you've got people doing all kinds of stuff. I mean, how do you and, – and I never got to this point because, you know, we we kind of ramped up to, shit, I don't know, six or seven employees, eight employees, and then immediately went back down to three. But, um, <laughs> like, what do you do? I mean, you've got project managers – developers <laughs> traditionally developers get paid a lot more than everybody else you got you have specialists in the front end yeah to do work i mean and, and you balance that with full-timers not so i mean how how do you begin to compare that's what i'm figuring out right now what okay. i'm trying to do is not compare them necessarily with each other but compare them with what's going on in the industry and to accomplish the biggest problem we have is uh when you when you try to do an analysis like this it's like I said, it, it's not skill sets, it's people. And um, one person may be a great content strategist who's also a great project manager who's also really good at new business. Mm -hmm. So for me, what I'm trying to do with the baseline is I just look at whichever, um, whichever skill they have that makes the most, even if that's not their primary. Right. And just kind of say, okay, well, let's play in this ballpark. And really you'd be surprised the overlap between, say, a front-end developer and a back-end developer. And uh, it's hard to find information based on specific language. At least I, I didn't dig deep into it. There was a, enough stuff to look at at the high level. Um, if you look at project managers, generally in the web, they're really well compensated across the board. Uh, you know, a, a respected project manager. And I, I didn't talk to shops that were 
really young or I didn't talk to shops that were, you know, struggling. I, I talked to pretty successful companies. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me right now, what I'm, what I'm trying to do is just look at what they want to accomplish next year, uh, what the skill sets are and what that, the value of that is in the industry. Uh, and then also, you know, what they've done for the company since they've been there. Uh, so, so a little bit of it is gut feel, but at the end of it, I want it to just be so that there would be no shock, no surprise if, if you were to look at it. And I'm going to publish for the, for the company, publish for the team, the way that I'm approaching determining those salaries. Or if it's hourly. Some people want to be hourly. Right. But at the end of that, I'm going to go to Gabe, who's our lawyer, and I'm going to say these are the relationships that uh, the individuals have said they want to have with EngineWorks. How do we structure these relationships so that we're completely legal? You know, what kind of agreements do we have to have in place so that we know we're covered? And then I'm going to also talk to uh, a new insurance broker we're talking to. Mm-hmm. Ask him, okay, so we've got people all over the country, but we're not that big. Tell me about healthcare stipends, right? Tell me about um, what company is going to be the best. Do we have multiple relationships or... It, you know, what's the best way to treat it? Because, you know, I was going down this path of trying to simplify things, and I realized it just went against the against the grain of the culture of EngineWorks, you know. Okay. Well, that's, anyway. that's an interesting balance to have to be sensitive to. just wanted to get this out there that it was something I was struggling with right now and, and trying to figure out. That's cool. Um, well, yeah, so, I mean, you, you, you talked a little bit about, like, talking to – your, you know, people that work with you and determining what they want to do in the next year or two or three years. And, and you and I, uh, was a couple of days ago, we talked about like what we're about to do for Christmas, shutting down, you're doing some planning for next year and stuff. I mean, do the, are those two coming together for you? I mean, for, for us, it's pretty easy because you know, we're all like trying to do one thing and it, we just do the one thing, but yeah, you're a little spread out. I think it's coming together pretty well. You know, it, it's it's always about time. I don't have enough time to talk to everybody the way I want to, and um, mm. I, I'm getting spread a little thin. So that for me, uh, planning 2013 is is making sure I'm not overcommitting and that I'm not uh, taking away from EngineWorks and taking away from the team valuable time that could make everybody feel better about what they're doing. So, mm, right. But I, I wanted to ask you also. Yeah, yeah. You know, as we get to the end of the year, what? horror stories or war stories do you have about things that went wrong around Christmas? Because I, I asked this question to some people recently, and it's, it's amazing. We all have, like, some story of some horrific thing that happened. <laughs> oh, man. Um, you know, for me, it's it's not as much about Christmas. Uh, I've had some things happen over Thanksgiving mm. where I've, like, you know, booked a mountain cabin with my family, and we're going to go up there and do that, and then a client just absolutely went ape shit. And had to wind up work on building a website over Thanksgiving um, for them because they were crazy. Um, no real crazy stories where people showed up at my doorstep or something. Um, it's weird. I don't have I, – I, you asked me about that, and I've really searched my the back memory of my brain for something specific. And not so much. Not so much. I guess I've been lucky. Usually, usually mine are like just crazy people all the time. Right. What about you? You had anything nuts? You had anybody show up at your house? Not show up at my house. <laughs> that would be no. I, I friends actually had to hide in the office once because they were worried a client was coming over with a gun. What? I, I, won't, I won't go into detail on that story. Sheesh. Talk about it, and and they're pretty big people. Um, <laughs> but you know, the worst that we had 
was uh, early on, I guess this would have been 2003, and uh, we were working with Bubba Burgers, that we had gotten Bubba Burgers on a cold call, and uh, it was so funny, it was Christmas Eve, probably about 7 p.m., I get a phone call, it's uh, Billy Morris, who's one of the owners of uh, Bubba Burgers, and he told me there was a huge problem, that mad cow disease had come into the U.S. That's a problem. And uh, that they were excited because Bubba Burgers, because they flash freeze them, there were no, uh, there was no way that uh, mad cow disease could survive. Uh, <laughs> killed everything, right? Oh, and man. So they wanted us to put on the homepage of the website that nobody had to worry about mad cow disease with uh, Bubba Burgers. And the marketer in me said, Mentioning mad cow disease on the homepage is not a good idea at all, especially when nobody thinks you have a healthy product. Yeah. So it, it was interesting that we had quite the conversation. And then finally we agreed that we would have a little uh, link about the, um, the health benefits on the homepage, the health benefits of Bubba Burgers. And uh, then that would go to a, a, an article that, or a, a letter that their lawyer had approved. They could um, share that would talk about, this, but it wouldn't be on the homepage. But I had to track down one of my guys who was actually driving um, to Connecticut. And, you know, in 2003, you couldn't just stop off at some restaurant and get Wi-Fi. Right. <laughs> Poor guy had to find a college buddy uh, <laughs> the way so that he could go to his place. And, uh, and oh, do- boy. Oh, my God. It was just such a nightmare. And- yeah. If you're a burger manufacturer mentioning Mad Cow anywhere whatsoever with your product. Just, like, just look the other way, just- man. It's <laughs> just hope they figure it out, man. Don't say those words together. Don't say mad cow and your product together. I had a client call on uh, Christmas Day once. They weren't a client very long. And uh, and then we also actually, uh, I think it was five minutes after the kickoff of the Tennessee-Florida football game, a client called me. And I just, on the phone, I just pretty much went, hey, uh, we quit. Okay. <laughs> Back to football. I was like, priorities. What are you doing? Priorities, man. Yeah. Make sure you're setting them. Yeah. Uh, um, Having Dan on. I got to tell you, I got to spend some time with him. And that's just such an awesome guy. He is a cool guy. Well, I mean, we are uh, essentially, not next week. When is Christmas? Jeez, I don't even know when holidays are. Um, it's uh, the week after next. Um, is it Monday or Tuesday? Something like that. Yeah. I mean, we're going to basically be out for a week. Yeah. And then some around there, but you do two weeks. I mean, how? Are, I mean, is that just a function of like you just telling clients how it is? Yeah, but you know, we start in October. You know, we do a weekly email to clients on Mondays, and uh, and in that there's a news section or there's an update section, and then we'll also make sure anytime we're on a call or anything, we'll say, hey, just want to let you know, and then we'll send an email to them asking them about their holiday schedule, reminding them about our holiday schedule. Um, this year we actually had clients, uh, gave clients the opportunity to pick the holiday schedule we took. Um, we were either going to take, you know, starting next, uh, you know, Wednesday's the last day. So starting on Thursday through the following Wednesday uh, or two, you know, two weeks from there, or we were just going to take the week of Christmas and the week of New Year's. And, uh, and I told clients, you know, I I just sent a simple little email and said, Hey, let us know which of these two works better for you guys. And they all wanted us to be back on the second. Right. So it's like we do. So, I mean, but seriously, we hit them over the head with it. They get tired of it. They're like, we get it. You're not going to be working. <laughs> OK. Like, but if you don't do that, 
if you don't prepare, the other thing we, we work really hard is making sure we have a big deliverable right before we disappear. So something that's just going to make them feel really good about the work that's being done or something that they have homework on so that they'll scatter and disappear. Um, you know, there's a lot of strategy to it, but, but it works real well. Okay. So, I mean, I think that's the lesson to take away, right? Is, I mean, the amount of communication you guys do. Absolutely. Silence is the enemy. And the main thing you have to do is start, if you're going to take two weeks off, if you're shutting down the whole shop, you got to start telling people early. You know, we, we've had uh, new business opportunities come in, not, not this year, but previously where we told them, well, you know, we're, we're going to be gone the last half of the year or the last half of the year, last half of, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, and they said, well, we need to start right away. And, and we just didn't take the project because right. I'm off is so important. Yeah. One, we actually took three weeks off. That was a mistake. Never do that. <laughs> it's like a whole month, man. We, took, we had just this great year and we were like, screw the world. We're shutting down. <laughs> shutting down. You know what shut down the internet? That's the problem. It took way too long to get back in the groove, though. Oh, yeah. It, well, that's the, that's the thing of it, right? It's not just the week you take off. It's, you take off a week, you're really taking off two weeks because you can't just walk in the door and flip the switch and start building websites. No. No, you get all those relationships back up. And the worst is new business. I mean, if you really shut down... You know, and, and I'm sure I'm like you. I'm still checking email. You know, if clients have emergencies, the, their instruction is to call me directly. Don't talk to anybody else in the company because I think holidays and things like that, it's my responsibility to protect everybody. Right. Uh, people who, who offer and, um, and sometimes because there's a, a deadline or whatever, you know, gently ask if, if they don't mind working some over the break. And then they always get a nice bonus for that. Okay. But it not look like we have any of that going on this year. So. All right. Well, did you have any other any other stuff you wanted to bring up before we bring Dan in? We've been about 30 minutes. I'm excited to get Dan in and get a little extra time with him. Nice. A little extra time. Yeah, let's see if – well, let's Dan. see if <laughs> – you're just tired of talking to me, right? With Dan time? Never, sir. Okay. Just making sure. <laughs>